Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. You like the Just Baseball show and want to make your own? Let me tell you about Anchor. It's free. There's a creation tool that allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Now you can even add any song from Spotify directly to your episodes. The possibilities are endless for what you can create, whether it's music analysis, your own radio show, or something the world's never seen before. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and much more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Mailbag Tuesday, September 14th, just baseball show. I'm Jack McMullen. I did not just sneeze. That is Peter Apple. Peter Apple just sneezed. Are we gonna edit in my sneeze? No, I wasn't recording yet. Ah, oh, damn, we could have gotten the sneeze on. Yeah, that would have been sick. No. You know what? I I don't even I don't even care about intro. I just need to talk about something. I need to talk about something. Yeah, let's talk. So wonderful day on Sunday, right? wonderful day hit the Astros bet in the morning I get a full Sunday I'm watching Sean Hansen Syracuse alumni by the way yeah go off on red zone for seven straight hours of commercial free NFL football football, football. it's unbelievable having a great day right yeah. my four o'clock I'm on the under in in uh Packers Saints under 15 and a half tits okay everything hey, is on. going fantastic hold on here Packers sucked yesterday I will talk about that. Yes. I was actually, I don't think it was such an indictment on the Packers more than it was the Saints are really, really good. Marshawn Lattimore just got the bag earlier. Saints are really good. Like, I think we all know Jameis Winston is finally getting a shot and he looks excellent. He's the truth. But 8 p.m. rolls around. Sunday night baseball, Yankees, Mets. I'm so excited. Game series is tied at one apiece. I was at the game sitting right next to the dugout, probably the best seats of my life, to watch the Yankees get absolutely pillaged 10-3. to 3. We win the next night. Aaron Judge comes out. It's fantastic. Lindor shoved it down our throats. Three home runs. Two home runs. On a second home run, he's talking shit to Giancarlo. Giancarlo does it back. I'm fired up. Lindor hits a home run in the bottom of the eighth for the Mets to win. It felt like the season was over yesterday. I had the highest of highs. It's an amazing Sunday when your fantasy football team is winning. Your bets are hitting. Your favorite team, the Rams, my favorite football team is winning. They, they crushed. But the Yankees, they're just so hard on my mental health. It's killing me. Yeah, you've got to learn how to disconnect like a real human being. Can't. <laughs> tried. Tried. Can't. Actually can't. Like, how hard I, did you try? I, do you know? I try, dude. Do you know how many times I have been like, it's just a game. Like there's 162. You don't, you don't view this for every other team. Every other team, you can be like, okay, you had a bad start and you can rationalize it. I just can't. It's like, I, it's something that's so deep ingrained inside of me that I can't break out of it. That's why I tend not to bet on the Yankees so much. Cause I can't view past this shield of Yankee fandom. I'm working on it. I'm 23 years old. Maybe it will be improved, but at least for this season, yeah, I don't have a prayer. Yeah. How are you working on it? I'm curious. Affirmations, okay. vitamins, 
Yeah, CMOS. CMOS, going on walks. Okay. Reading books. Pfft, nothing works. Nerd. <laughs> nothing works. I am... They win 13 in a row. We'll, we have a question about the Yankees that I'll go into the roster because I did obviously more deep dives because after that, I'm just going to look at everything. Yeah. So we'll talk about it later, but it was an insane day. Great, horrid. It is what it is. Yeah. How was your weekend, dude? How was your weekend, man? Yeah, my weekend was fine. I saw Justin Fields take a read option into the end zone, which was good. Uh, Bears lost by about 20. That was not good. Yeah, um, Andy Dalton. Yeah, uh, Tin Caps finished up their home schedule, so that was a, a bittersweet moment. Um, but question, yeah, question. yeah, best minor leaguer you saw this season? Best minor leaguer I saw this year was very early, and it was Brennan Davis. Brennan Davis, and you saw Spencer Torkelson. I saw Tork, but Tork sucked. It was the True. first. So you're saying when you saw him, he w- that was the best minor yes. leaguer you saw? Yes, okay. I was most impressed of any minor leaguer that I saw this year by Brennan Davis in terms of the best minor leaguer I saw by MLB.com's rankings or just baseball.com's rankings. Uh, it's torque, but Brennan Davis stood alone. Uh, in my viewpoint, I was also wildly impressed by a couple of these Dodgers prospects, Bobby Miller. I watched make every appearance on the Cape that he made because he was in Brewster when I was in Brewster. And that is not the same Bobby Miller. I mean, he was maybe touching 93 out on the Cape. Now he's sitting 98. Yeah. The stud. Andy Pajes is a stud young guy with loads and loads and loads of power. Um, So those are the two guys that jump out to me that I saw consistently, but Brennan Davis was so impressive. If Brennan Davis doesn't turn out to be good, we're screwed. We're screwed. <laughs> because we're, we're going Arum, it's Arum's number one guy. It's yeah. your number one guy. Everything I see, he's becoming my number one guy. He's got to work out or else. Uh, and the credibility thing. I mean, we even talked about that. You, you gave out a nice, a nice post today. I love making that with you. Yeah. Just responding to the haters. Yeah, Peter taught me TikTok earlier today, actually. He he told me how to because I just I was on the FaceTime with him. Um, that's also one of my one of my crutches. I say the FaceTime instead of FaceTime. I was on the FaceTime with Peter and he said, You have to respond to some of this hate. I was like, I, I've been reading it. I think it's funny as hell. And he was like, No, you gotta interact with it. And I interacted with it. He walked me through how to post a rebuttal TikTok and what, what happens. I just get more hate in the comments. So like, it's a never ending cycle of shit, but that's what social media is. And oh my God, I love it. It is. It is fun. And the thing is, I, I, you always, you see the comments, right? You see, let's say a post gets 30,000 likes and it has 500 comments. It's very easy to look at those 500 comments and think, everyone just hated the video but then you look at the likes and you saw that 30 other thousand people liked it enough to give you a double tap they want to see it again tiktok algorithm the way you can see something again is if you interact with it oh yeah so at least that we know that a good portion of our audience doesn't hate us but we did we did kind of tell them to do it because we did tell them to tell us that we're ass oh yeah we are telling them actively to give us hate For as long as we go, I will continue to tell people to throw hate at us because it fuels our fire. But yes, back to Brennan Davis to tie a bow on that. Wait, can I I tie one bow before we tie another bow? Yes, yes, yes. Responding to the hate. I kind of forgot what I was going to say now. Tie your bow on Brennan Davis. I just interrupted everything. I'm personally not a big fan of responding to hate usually. Oh, yeah. Now I remember it. Can I go back to it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. People calling us experts. Like – these guys never played their the expert analysis. Have we ever gone on this show? Have we ever gone on a TikTok? Have we ever gone on any of our social media platforms? Subscribe to our Twitch, by the way. Have <laughs> we ever gone on any of these and said, we are the experts? I feel like one. <laughs> well, no, like, no, I'm we kidding. aren't. I'm we, we, are, we are people who love to watch the game and we're letting you know what we're seeing. And our evaluation thing, not once have we ever called ourselves experts, but so it's like somewhat flattering when people are like, how are these guys experts when it's like, we've never said that we are either. Pete, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Everybody calling us experts um, in spite of us 
they're pretty much the same people that have an idea for how Brian Cashman should be doing his job. Me. <laughs> right? like you have an idea for how Brian Cashman should be doing his job. Um, I feel like I feel like I could step in a revolving the, door, right? Like I could step in as the GM of the Diamondbacks and I feel like do an okay job. <laughs> At least be serviceable. <laughs> right. Be but serviceable. let's, we have so many questions. Hold on, hold we, on, hold on. Let me okay, yeah. You, <laughs> I, you promised I could tie a bow and I haven't tied a bow. Okay, we've got so many bows. I feel like a car dealership. Uh, Brennan Davis, if he turns out to be Matt Kemp, then we're Apple. If he turns out to be a, sto- a total flub. Jake Brisdick? I was, I was going to say sports authority, but Jake, yeah. so yeah, like we're screwed. We go through a liquidation process if, if he turns into Jake Marisnik. So that's that. The thing that sucks about sports authority is I know it went out of business, but it was so much better than Big Five. You ever been to Big Five? No, you're a New Yorker now. It should be Models. I'm just a dick sporting goods guy if it's not sports authority. Sports authority, five-minute walk from my house in Santa Barbara. <sighs> Do you know how many tennis balls, wiffle balls, oh. gloves, bats i Dude. bought at sports authority i have a special special part of my heart for sports authority so Dude. let's not talk crap about that no real quick before we get into our mailbag uh tennis balls with a real baseball bat like a bb core baseball bat those made for the best pickup games the best i mean i was always I, the, the only problem with tennis balls can't really spin them prefer wiffle ball home run derby old cf3 the red oh, the stealth bomber God, with a tennis yeah. ball. You're hitting 550 foot jacks, dude. You remember the um? You remember the Nike two piece bats? Yes, I never really used them though. Those never really things, used those. Those things swung like a dream. Yeah, I still think about that CF3, that red CF3. Hit my yeah. first home run off a girl, actually. Wow. Yeah, ten years old, straight away center field. Probably went 230. Good for you, Dick. Yeah. <laughs> All right. First question. First question. So what we did is we don't do this a ton, but we wanted to do an Instagram mailbag. We wanted to ask, answer a lot of your guys' questions. We posted a picture on Instagram and we collected a ton of questions and we shortened them to about nine or 10 because if we did all 30, it would take, it would take three years. So Jack, number one, asked by at KSKTZ224 off with a bang. Who has the top five worst futures in baseball over the next few years? So I've got, I prefer to try and say these handles as one word instead of a bunch of letters. So asked by 24, what do they mean by worst for futures? You think like teams, I would say teams and I will start it off with, I think is like the number one who has no future or at least for the next couple of years, the Minnesota twins are screwed. Ooh, I disagree. What? I you th- like their farm system. I feel like their major league roster is just getting older and there's no young core with Minnesota. No, there's a young core there. Oh yeah. There's a young core there. Larnick and Kirilov and Rorkvet. And then you've got Austin Martin coming up and Simeon Woods Richardson coming up. And then you've got Royce Lewis whenever he gets healthy. I'm still holding out a teensy bit of hope for Nick Gordon. I think they have some pieces there. Who's like the star there. There's no star there, but I think they've got a young. But what I'm saying is the Minnesota twins have won the NL central have been a perennial threat. Is I'm thinking that's the peak, and we're due for five years of not making the playoffs. No, no. If you think the Twins are in the worst spot, you haven't put eyes on Colorado in a long time. You know what? <laughs> All right, you got me there. Yeah, Colorado is not gonna. I I almost felt like that was too much. You know what? No, I missed it. it was I was going to say it's too much of an obvious answer. But I'm thinking the Twins, but it's obviously the Rockies. It it's really ob- is. Yeah, it's obviously the Rockies. Zach Veen has the chance to be a superstar. Agreed. Veen, Veen is wildly talented, and he is shredding low A right now. Um, having said that... You know who? what arm gave him a come for? A more athletic Charlie Blackman. Yeah, I could see that. 
and especially with the Coors bump, right? A Zach Veen could turn into Charlie Blackman hitting wise. He, could hit, hit he could hit 330 with 30 home runs at Coors and 240 with eight home runs on the road. Yeah. <laughs> oh. um, and they're like, let's give this guy $200 million. All right. But, yeah, I, but I think aside from Veen, especially when you're going to let our most overrated player in baseball, Trevor Story, walk, um, you know, Herman Marquez, John Gray, they're not sticking around. Like they're going to get up and leave. Every pitcher, when they break in with Colorado, they just count down the days until they can get out of that hellscape. So you're never going to have any pitching, and you got to rely on the draft because nobody is going to willingly sign up and come to a team with no pitching. I was also thinking the Diamondbacks are not in that great spot. Yeah. They should have a way better young core for being one of the worst teams in baseball. Yeah, they, they've they got some guys. Alec Thomas, I think, is really good. Um, Christian Robinson, what do you think? Like, I think he'll be okay. Corbin Carroll, I, what do you think? I think Corbin Carroll's going to be much better. Okay. These guys are, it's like, yes, they have some guys, but I'm just looking at the grand scheme of things. There's a lot of teams that are either doing really well right now. For example, the White Sox have maybe the worst farm system in baseball right now, but they have the best group of young talent. There's a lot of teams like that. A lot of the really, really good teams have weaker farm systems right now, but are really good. A lot of the bad teams have great farm systems. The Baltimore Orioles, for example, have an amazing farm system. So I'm trying to look at teams that are not doing well right now, I just got like 70 yeah. alerts. Oh my God. Aaron judge just hit a three run home run to tie Yankees twins. It's five, five Yankee seasons back on. God. <laughs> yeah. I, um, I hear you. That's, with, that's where I'm at. Especially that's, with that's Baltimore. Just, yeah. No, especially with Baltimore. I hear you, Pete. I think if I were to put together this Holy Trinity of suckiness <laughs> over the next couple, uh, over the next couple of years, um, I could see Colorado certainly being in it without a doubt in my mind. Um, you know, take one of your teams that you just floated. Do do you want to say Arizona? I'm fine. Say Arizona. I think a glaring problem here is Washington. I think the Nats yeah. are in a terrible spot. And to round off the five, I think Nats has to be in it. Are the Angels gonna be good soon? I don't know. I don't know. I don't Jim know. Adams, Joe Adele, you need them all to work out. You need Reed Detmers to work out. You need Patrick Sandoval to really develop into like a, at least a two, which he yeah. could. I think he has the potential to do so. You need one of the 20 pitchers you drafted this year to work yeah, out. Yeah, you need a lot of stuff to click. You need Rendon to come back healthy. You need Trout to come back healthy. You need Otani to continue what he's doing. Yeah. There's a lot of variables, and it. I'm worried. <laughs> yeah, I'm worried too. All right, next question. Asked by Big Willie P. Perfect username. Perfect. What are your favorite ballparks, Jack McMullen? Mm. I grew up with Wrigley. I love Wrigley after the facelift. It's awesome. It's a great place. Fenway is the cathedral of baseball. Fenway Park, when you walk up the ramp and you take that first look at the monster, they damn, this might be the gates of heaven. <laughs> like, It's crazy. There's not, there's not that many fans there, but yeah. I was there for game two of the World Series. It, I think there's like 15,000 fans there. It feels like 40,000. Yeah. It's crazy. It is. So Wrigley and Fenway, of course, of course, of course. Sneaky one from me, but my favorite ballpark in all of Major League Baseball is Oriole Park at Camden Yards haven't been there i wish i could. i've never been it looks awesome it's camden amazing. yards my dad is always like we have to go to camden yards has said that over a lot of ballparks that it's just fantastic there it's perfect there and it's nice it's clean the environment is good even though there's hardly anybody there there's history as you walk around the concourse and you can get crab at a baseball game that's awesome that is awesome fenway wrigley my two answers also another dark horse, Kauffman Stadium, Kansas okay. City. I haven't been. The waterfalls, you're talking clean. It's the cleanest stadium ever. Went to the Negro League Hall of Fame right next to it. Amazing. That whole city 
it was Royals Yankees and Royals fans were just excited to be there. Even though I think the Yankees won that game eight to zero, it was just an awesome atmosphere. It was beautiful. The entire time, the, the Royal blue is just a great looking stadium. I also love great American ballpark in Cincinnati, a classic, really, really good stadium. One more to shout out before we move on. Uh, It used to be Safeco field. Now it's T-Mobile park in Seattle. Yeah. I really accurate. Yeah, I really like that ballpark. Never been to Seattle, unfortunately. Ooh, that's a good spot to visit. I've never been to Oracle in San Francisco. I've been to Candlestick, never went to Oracle. Okay. I've not been yet. Yeah, that's at the top of my list too. Third question from D. Elliott underscore 10. How come every pitcher leaves the Baltimore organization, seems to become a Cy Young caliber pitcher all of a sudden? I assume you're speaking about Kevin Gosman who went from the Orioles and was terrible, but he also wasn't that good on the Braves, but then he went to the Giants and now he's elite. Yep. We're going to get into this. It, so, 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 so. My understanding is it is not a matter of these guys coincidentally being unlocked by five to 10 different organizations. It was not Gosman being unlocked by San Francisco and Jake Arrieta being unlocked by Chicago when he came over via trade, or even in the bullpen, Pedro Strope being unlocked. Another one. Josh Hader was an Oriole. Mm-hmm. Andrew Miller, an Oriole. That, my understanding is they have this idea of the way people should be pitching. And that's not really how the game flies now. You know, Josh Hader's delivery and Devin Williams's delivery look totally different. Those are eighth and ninth innings in Milwaukee. Jake Arietta's delivery and Pedro Strope's delivery should look very different. And Kevin Gosman and Dylan Bundy should not be throwing the same way. So I think diving into the uniqueness and having a very effective pitching coach helps those guys. Think about how much Tyler Glass now has improved and progressed under Kyle Snyder in Tampa, or even Luis Patino or Shane McClanahan. Kyle Snyder is one of the best pitching coaches in Major League Baseball, along with Ethan Katz with the White Sox. And look what he did to Carlos Rodon. He took a $3 million prove-it deal after being non-tendered, and he turned it into at least $120 million this offseason. And he's doing it again with Dylan Cease? That's what good pitching coaches can do. And my understanding is the Orioles just haven't really had a good organizational pitching philosophy or a good pitching coach in a really long time. Think about this. I, when I look at the top pitching prospect in baseball, my two are Grayson Rodriguez of the Orioles and Shane Bass of the Tampa Bay Rays. One of them is going to be dealing with Kyle Snyder. One of them will not be. Exactly. That will matter. Whether or not you think that Grayson is actually a better pitcher than Shane Bass, it might not even matter because there's a greater chance that the Orioles not screw up Grayson, but don't unlock him to his full capabilities while the Rays, you know, they're going to get every single droplet of Shane Baz. And if they're on at least a similar plane, I will 100 times out of 100 times side with the Rays guy, whether or not it's even fair to the argument. That's just where my mind is always going to go. Yeah. I think they're starting to let their arms get a little bit more unique. And we have really only seen it with one, uh, John Means. You know, who, who else is there to really look at and say, yeah, that's a good standard for Orioles pitching. Okay, so I have something to say about John Means. Everyone's on John Means. Sticky stuff. I get it. We call him emerging ace. Everyone was all like, <laughs> Peter, you're an idiot. Fair enough. You know what? Criticism. Shit, noticed. I thought he was one too. John Means under a 3-5 ERA. Still. Yep. So. <laughs> Not saying I'm right. Obviously not an emerging ace because that's idiotic, but yeah. he's still a good pitcher. Yeah, Danny sort of. Duffy, still an emerging ace though. Yeah, he's on the IL. That was not, that was even worse. All right, <laughs> <laughs> number four. At Sam Kenny and at Ant's time, it kind of, it's sort of a similar question. So we, I decided to combine them. What is your favorite advanced stat to use? And are they ruining baseball 
or are they better than traditional counting stats? Okay. Advanced stats are not ruining baseball. The people that only look at advanced stats are ruining baseball. I think we can kind of leave it at that, right? Dang. It's exactly how it, it's like, you got to look at the whole picture. We got to look at the whole picture. You can look at those advanced stats, but a lot of the advanced stats are predictive. So I even make the joke, and I know you and Arm were talking about this, about Eduardo Rodriguez. He has a very good FIP, very good XFIP, expected ERA. And yeah, those are great. But when we finish the season and he's got a 5-2 ERA, that shows how many earned runs you gave up. That matters. It totally Why does matters. that all of a sudden not matter, but yet everything is predictive? It's not coming true. Hey, not just that. Think about this. With Eduardo Rodriguez, you can't rely on XFIP. So look at ERA at the end of the year. Also look at his pitches. They don't have that much life right now. You've got to use your eyes to watch the baseball game. You can contextualize a lot of things that happen on the baseball field with advanced stats. You can use them to your benefit. And WRC Plus is a perfect barometer to tell who is a really, really good hitter. Mm -hmm. Right? Expected weighted on-base average can tell you who some of the luckiest and unluckiest hitters are. Average exit velocity. I don't even know if that's considered an advanced stat, but it wasn't being looked at like it is now 10 years ago. I'll call it an advanced stat. Average exit velocity is important, but it's not telling you anything groundbreaking. It's telling you what, I, and I'm blanking on the guy's name, but he was either the head coach or the hitting coach at the University of Tennessee for a long time. And he counted barrels as the only stat their offense tracked. Average exit velocity just tells you how many times a guy hit the ball hard. That's it. They've been doing it forever. And the line drive hitters in 1910, Ty Cobb would probably be atop the list in average exit velocity. Willie Mays would be near the top. Hank Aaron would be near the top. All these things just tell you why. They don't tell you how to. I've also, and it's always the, we get so much flack for having Tim Anderson near the top, who analytics people don't like because his BABIP is always really high and he hits for a high average with they, they, they don't care about. Doesn't it still matter that he went two for four with two singles? He hit Maybe he, he figured out he used his speed. Like, why does that not matter? It's like we are looking at individual games of uh, on a full season. It's like people start to use full season predictive stats to predict game by game. It's like you have to look at different avenues for each one. And that's the fun about baseball is that it is an enormous puzzle rather than one key to the lockbox where you can get the answer. It's a puzzle and it's about putting it together and using all of these things to your advantage, but you can use ERA and wins even for a pitcher and RBIs and home runs to tell a story, but you can also use X Woba WRC plus all of these to tell a different one, but it all comes together. And you have to use them all together to come to a valuable decision. And you got to watch the damn game. You got to watch the game. Dyersville, Iowa had a short porch out in right. Shorter corners that modeled the old Comiskey Park. Tim Anderson's walk-off home run in Iowa was the coolest thing to happen to baseball this year. But I guarantee, and I don't know it off the top of my head, that that batted ball was under 105 miles an hour off the bat. It did hit. Right. It didn't have the best launch angle. Oh, yeah. No, that, he's got to get better than that. That shouldn't have counted. Into the corn. <laughs> it was a corn ball, and it was the sickest home run in the last five years in Major League Baseball. And we're not, we're not, we're not, we're screaming at you right now, but we're not against advanced stats. We look at everything. So if I'm looking at one advanced stat for hitters, I think WRC plus is a perfect one. It's out of a hundred park factors. It's got everything in it. hundred is league average. Every point above is your percent better than average. Every point below percent below average. It's very easy. Also, I wouldn't say there's one pitching stat because like you said, I love looking at pitch mix. And for some reason, I need to look at how a pitcher is 
pitching more than I need to look at how a hitter is hitting, if that makes sense. So yeah. I value actually watching the pitcher over everything. But if I'm going to say one, I like ERA plus and I like FIP, I guess. Yeah. Okay. Um, you know, ERA plus and ERA kind of the same thing. ERA awesome. plus just contextualizes it in the hundreds league average. If I'm going to look at, if I'm going to look at one stat, I'm going to look at the ERA leaders. I think ERA same. I mean, same with hitters. Like I'm going to look at OPS. If I had one stat to choose from OPS um, with pitchers, it's ERA in terms of relievers. It's probably not ERA. It might be strikeouts per nine. It might also be strikeout to walk rate. So okay, that's that. That's that. Hey, that was a great question. And that was a great question. No, we love the question. We're only getting mad because we just get mad. Yeah, no, I <laughs> we're just we're Ebenezer Scrooge. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it, it was a great question. And you know, I think it's very clear with the stuff that we put out that we do like the advanced stats. Yeah, we, we like also, everything. We also we watch really like baseball. a ton of baseball. Yeah. And it almost always proves like, damn, Cedric Mullins looks really hot right now. And the advanced stats kind of prove it up. Exactly. Exactly. Like, oh, Cedric Mullins, we just watched him hit very well. And as all of his advanced stats look good and his counting numbers look good. He's good. Perfect. Settled. <laughs> Number five, at Tyler.Dickerson asks, to ask a non-baseball question, because I love how you guys always incorporate something other than baseball into the pod. I know Peter might not have much of a list, but what are your top five movies of all time? Before we answer that, I love that you asked that. We do like to talk about anything but just baseball, even though this is the Just Baseball show. But we're more than that. But we're not. But we are. So what are your top five movies? What are we, man? Are we a baseball show or are we a dick around show? We're just two guys. We'll see what happens. Oh, I love that question. And I love that in the question, they said that you might not have a good answer to this because they know how uncultured you are. I was trying to come up with one you're going to hear my list and you're just going to be like, dude, <laughs> <laughs> I want you to say Moneyball. So oh, Moneyball's for sure. My top five. Oh God. Okay. Um, he, this is actually not a joke. <laughs> I've seen a lot of award-winning films. There are some that really stand above the rest. Forrest Gump. One of my favorites. Argo. One of my favorites. Interstellar. One of my favorites. Uh, some, you know, relatively oldies. The Sixth Sense is awesome. Usual Suspects was good. Recent one, 1917, I thought was beautifully executed. Birdman was beautifully executed. If I had to watch one movie for the rest of my life, it's the SpongeBob SquarePants movie. You are lying. I'm not. The one. Desert Island, SpongeBob. SpongeBob, the SpongeBob SquarePants movie. Now that we're men, I, I cannot. I, I can't believe that's your one. You're, and you're not just saying that. Just say it. No, I'm not saying that to say it. that's been my answer for ten years. I also love Nacho Libre. Nacho Libre. Nacho Libre, Nap great one. Napoleon Dynamite, the SpongeBob SquarePants movie, Hot Rod, so funny. Super Troopers, hilarious. Yep, brother. <laughs> Can I go. Talladega Nights. No, I just want to name every movie I've ever seen. You go. Moneyball is in my top five. The Big Short is in my top five. Goodfellas is in my top five. I really love Avatar. Wow. I really love Avatar. The Big Short was awesome. And guess what my fifth is? The SpongeBob SquarePants movie? Four Days in October. The 30 for 30. <laughs> 30, 30? With Yankees, Red Sox. Where the Yankees blow it. It's, it's the best baseball documentary. You got to get a hobby. Kevin Millar. We got, we got Pedro going game five. We got Schilling going game six. And anything could happen in game seven. That is sports. That's sports. That's, that encapsulates baseball so perfectly. It's still the greatest quote I've ever heard. That's a Even really, though they beat the Yankees, it's still amazing to me. That's a really good quote. I think the uh, the runner up for me right now is Jameis Winston post game interview with Tom or, uh, with uh, Tom Rinaldi yesterday, saying, "Yeah, my my trainer was telling me what did my trainer tell me yesterday? Oh yeah, he he said just stay composed or stay relaxed. <laughs> like I thought that was so funny. He just he said, "Yeah, my trainer told me earlier today. <sighs> what did he tell me? <laughs> I heard a conspiracy theory, and we're not a conspiracy theory um, podcast, but." 
I thought it I thought oh, it makes sense right here. Listen, it's is Aaron Rodgers throwing this season? <laughs> something I heard is kind of a conspiracy theory <laughs> segment. Uh, no, Aaron Rodgers is not throwing this season. We sure? I think so. At one point, if, if you find out that Aaron Rodgers is throwing, actually, no, take that. <laughs> If you never find out that Aaron Rodgers is throwing the season and the Packers start 0-7 and Rodgers is like, I'm doing all that I can, do you put in Jordan just, Love? If, if the Packers go 0-7, should we just change to the Just Football Show? Yeah, yeah. Uh, but do you put Jordan Love in? Yeah. At what point? Week 8? If Earlier? they go 0-8, you put Jordan Love in. I mean, Jordan Love, even when he went in in that game, wasn't anything special. Yeah, how about 0-4? If you if the backers go zero and four, I don't know. Do you put Let's get. I don't know. Next question. <laughs> Let's get back to baseball because this is actually a great one because I've been watching a couple of this kid's starts and he's fantastic. This was asked by at Wisco Sports. How much of an impact can Aaron Ashby make in the future? He's been really good since his first start and is following in the big three's footsteps. And what we mean by big three and what Wisco sports means by big three is the Brewers, Freddie Peralta, our boy, Corbin Burns and Brandon Woodruff, not necessarily in that order, but you know, we think Freddie's the best pitcher in the world. Yeah. Aaron Ashby. He's a young left-hander who has the stuff of a Shane McClanahan and a Patrick Sandoval. And he has good control but he it just isn't commanding the ball yet. And I was watching one of his starts against the Cubs. Jack, this guy's throwing 97, 98 mile an hour sinkers. He's going first pitch change up for strikes at 89 to 91 with a ton of movement. And he's got this 84 to 88. I don't even, it's like, a, they call it a slider, but it's like a, it's like a really fast slurve yeah and then he has and then he has an actual 12-6 that he doesn't throw that much so he's got three plus pitches in my opinion and it's only about commanding the ball and this is a guy who's now their five after Eric Lauer yeah and Eric Lauer is like the second best left-handed pitcher in the NL Central maybe behind Wade Miley like this guy is this rotation. If Ashby can work out, and I really do think he will, it's it's one of the best pitching rotations we've seen. Yeah, he, here's my thing with Aaron Ashby, top ten Brewers prospect, um, has thrown about sixty innings with AAA Nashville, has thrown about twenty five innings with the Brewers. It's been really good, and I I will push back on the Shane McClanahan thing for a moment because McClanahan is a hundred. Ashby's but 95. The thing is, you go on fan graphs, Ashby 96.3 average on his fastball, McClanahan 96.5. So it's like McClanahan can get up there and he probably has a bigger peak in terms of velocity because he can, you, you're right. I've never seen a hundred mile on a fastball from Ashby. From Ashby. Yeah. But I'm consistently seeing 96, 97, 98. Yeah. And that's McClanahan's not consistently 97, 98, or I mean, 96. What McClanahan isn't doing that Ashby is possibly better, and I know very small sample size, but possibly as well as any starter in the National League at a very young age. And these numbers are consistent with AAA too. Strikeout numbers were higher in AAA. He was striking out about 36% of the hitters that he saw. That's down to 25, which is still really good really as good. a rookie in Major League Baseball. But very low line drive rate, 15% line drive rate against him. In Major League Baseball, 67% ground ball rates. 67 in AAA, too. That's who he is. He does not let balls get in the air. He knows that in 2021 in Major League Baseball, if balls are put in the air, they're going to leave ballparks. He doesn't let it happen. He is a ground ball guy. And I think that really serves him well, at least for the next five years while we're in this fly ball, elevated fastball cycle, because he is just a deviation from the norm. Exactly. And, and when I'm watching the start, it's he'll even leave stuff middle, right? I said his command of the strikes and is great. He throws a lot of strikes, 
but he's not commanding within the strike zone yet. But that, I mean, it happens. Young pitcher. Yeah. Control good. Control good. Command not there yet. Right. Right. But he's still getting strikeouts and he's getting weak contact over balls that are middle, which just shows you that the stuff is major league. It's major league stuff. And we're looking at a five starter and Eric Lauer, his ERA is almost under three. Like this is really becoming not just a three headed monster, but a five headed. What's that? A animal that's like half snake, half lion. It's like a Greek myth. Do you know what I'm talking about? I think about Medusa when you say snake on head. Um, now, I, Eric Lauer, I don't think, is that future rotational piece. He might be. He might be. He is. I think he is. Okay. I, I've been watching these. I, I, I'm impressed by all of them. Now, if somebody was to get bumped out when Ethan Small graduates from AAA, is it Lauer? Ethan Small's got to prove he can make this rotation. Wow. Yeah. Stick him in Nashville or stick him in a long relief roll in the pen? Long relief roll in the pen. I just, first of all, they need the lefties. Everything I see from Eric Lauer, he's super effective. And then Ashby has the stuff of a frontline guy. And he's still young. And he just, if he learns to command, because he's already throwing strikes, it's just about putting that change up in the right spot, putting that slurve in the right spot. But I don't see any reason why the Brewers should mess with this. I think you could try small in the bullpen and see what happens. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he ends up being better. But if I'm the Brewers right now, I'm sticking behind those five. It's like my five dudes. That's a good problem to have. It's a great problem to have. Uh, yeah, I'm talking about a, another pitcher. If he comes in, it's great. It's just like, it's just more for the Brewers. Yep. All right. Number seven. This one, I didn't, I didn't create a list beforehand because I really wanted to go off the top of my head. Who are, asked by J underscore Krantz 9, who are the top five most exciting players in baseball to watch? To watch. Okay. Rapid fire, you tell me who you add or take away. Cool? Cool. Otani. Tatis. Um, <laughs> those are the two that really stand out. Those when- are the two. When healthy, Acuna. Yep. I will also throw Trout in there when he's healthy. Fair. And I think number five would have to be Vladdy. We did just kind of rank our top five players. Give me, give me, because I agree, honestly, because what am I going to say? Take out Vladdy. He's so exciting. He's so exciting. Take out Tatis, take out Trout, Acuna. Those no. guys are appointment television each time they come up. You know who I've just always found, and maybe moving over to Trey Turner is so exciting. Yeah. So Byron Buxton is so exciting. Yeah. There are a lot of really exciting guys. Bryce Harper's really exciting. Bryce Harper's fantastic. Juan Soto. Yeah. Is yeah. so electric. Where baseball's in such a good spot right now. Whoever says that baseball's in a bad spot is just not watching the individuals playing the game. All they're concerned about is the sport as a whole. And to piggyback on yesterday's pod with you and Aram, Max Scherzer with his immaculate inning, like there there have been only a handful of innings where I was like, oh my God, this is electric. Dude. You put down your laptop. You put down your phone to watch yep. an inning of Max Scherzer pitch. You do that for Jacob DeGrom. You do that for Chris Sale. Mm-hmm. You do, do it for Derek Cole. For, yep. You Corbin do Burns. Burns. Shane Bieber. Bueller. Oh, God. We do it for <laughs> Freddie Peralta because we love Freddie. I think Woodruff a lot of people. is amazing. I, Woodruff. Yeah. You do it for Josh Hader. I do it to watch Emmanuel Classe. Oh, yeah. I do it to watch Devin Williams in that airbender. There are a lot of guys that are really exciting to watch, but I think if I had to put together a five, it would be Otani, Tatis, Acuna, Trout, Vladdy. And, uh, I guess we're not putting pitchers in that because I think DeGrom 
has to make it over Vladdy. Vladdy, but God damn it, he's electric. Marcus Semyon, I'm starting to put no. down my phone to watch his at bats. He hits a home run every game. Yeah, every game. Robbie Ray. No, God, shut up, shut up. We're <laughs> they're we're all electric. On. We're moving on. Next thing you're going to say is like John Lester. (laughs) John Lester and J.A. Happ are electric. (laughs) You got to clip that and put it on TikTok. (laughs) Okay, now let's get into the question that haunts my dreams. At Ben J. Knott, will the New York Yankees miss the playoffs because of the Blue Jays? What do you think? Yeah, let me just say that K-N-O-T-T should probably be said not and I not cannot. Yeah. Ben J. Not. Um, I think the answer is yes. The Yankees are in a bad spot if they're looking down at Oakland and Seattle right now. If you look at the standings, especially when it comes to the wild card, you've got the Yankees currently on the outside looking in with Toronto and Boston over them by a game. After that, the Yankees are 79 and 64. Two games back, Oakland and Seattle, both at 77 and 66. You cannot concern yourself with those two because your goals are above you. Your goals are higher. Toronto, I've been high on them. I think adding Barrios at the deadline was the best thing that they could do. Marcus Semien's hitting a home run every game, like he just said. I don't think the Blue Jays relinquish a playoff spot. I think if a team is going to relinquish a playoff spot, it's the Red Sox. So you think it's going to be Yankees and Blue Jays? <sighs> it might be Red Sox, Blue Jays. I'm so in between. You know what I would just want to do real quick? I want to redo all the hitters that are slugging under 400. DJ LeMahieu, and this is with the Yankees this season. Yeah. DJ LeMahieu. Glaber Torres, who was just moved from shortstop to second base. He's done at short. They're done with it. Enough errors. DJ is going to be playing third, and they're going to try Gio Rochelle at shortstop. DJ is one of those guys slugging under 400. Glaber, Gio Rochelle is at 402. Joey Gallo, even with the Yankees, is slugging 333. Aaron Hicks, before he got hurt, 333. Andrew Velasquez, who everyone loved, and I loved him too, slugging 375. We talk about OPS. I mean, Miguel Andujar, when he was there, 383. Tyler Wade, 330. Rugnit Odor, 388. It's a lot of the lineup slugging way below average when you're already in one of the best hitters parks that there are. Those are guys you just have to rely on. This is not a pitching problem. This is that I don't know if the Yankees, if they're not firing on all cylinders, they don't win games. It doesn't seem like unless they're hot, they go on cold streaks. So if they're somewhat in one going into the playoffs, they simply will just not win. But any day could go a new hot streak where they win 13 in a row and they look like the best team in baseball. That's why the mental health for me (laughs) is is the toughest because what do I do I can't they go from worst to best back to worst back to best and it's like a revolving door and you never really know where to place them yeah you say it's not a pitching problem with or you say it's not a pitching problem with the Yankees you say it's a hitting problem the pitching concerns me like both areas of the game hitting the ball throwing the ball are cause for concern with the Yankees. And I don't feel like I'm slamming on the panic button with the Blue Jays like that. And if I was a Red Sox fan, I'd be slamming on the pitching panic button. Mm -hmm. But I don't know if I would be slamming on the hitting panic button as much as I am if I'm a Yankees fan. Joey Gallo's got to figure that shit out. Got to figure that shit out. Got it. 333 is a Yankee. That's not good. He'll hit some home runs, but I mean... So I would say I'm not going to go on record and say they're not making the playoffs. I don't even care. Yeah. They're making the playoffs. Yeah. But it's going, they're going to limp there if they make it. They're going to limp there. 
And I wouldn't be shocked if they don't make it. Give me your final prediction. Who you got? Those two wildcard teams. Who you got? Blue Jays host the Red Sox. Whatever. Okay. This is actually, and this is our final question. Again, asked by Ant's time, and this is a good one because Arm was talking some smack to you earlier. Yeah. You backed it up quite nicely. Yeah. Who has the best fantasy football team in the JB League? Yeah, I do. I do. I, <laughs> I was told I had the worst one, but I have the best one. Let me walk you through it. My quarterbacks are Kyler Murray and Justin Fields. I like that. I really do. My running backs are Alvin Kamara, Kenyon Drake, Melvin Gordon, and that's it. <laughs> My wide receivers are Amari Cooper, Devontae Smith, Henry Ruggs, Jamar Chase, Rondell Moore. My tight ends are Darren Waller and Bob Tunyon. I've got the Dolphins and the Colts defense, and I've got Rodrigo Blankenship as my kicker. Your all, team guys, is- all guys that I loved watching in college. I actually I didn't, I didn't like your team at all, really going in. I kind of agreed with Arm, but you put up an insane week one. Yep. But you, you know what the common phrase in football season is, fantasy football, is if you win week one, you're going to win your entire league. Oh, wait, nobody in the world has ever said that. But congrats on your week one win. I am a week one loser. Thank hey, you very Pete. much. Pete. Yeah. Eat shit, man. Yeah, I know. All right, let me tell you who's on my team. Matt Stafford. Dog. Okay, so Matt Stafford, after having to sit through a Matt Stafford start last night, he's in the best spot ever. Oh, he Rams are going to win the Super Bowl. I've my running back, James Robinson, sucked, sucked. I had to start Philip Lindsay because Gus Edwards decided to tear his ACL the morning of the first game or something. He didn't decide. That was an unfortunate happening for him. I know. I'm sorry, Gus. <laughs> Love you, man. Start Philip Lindsay, scored a touchdown. Genius. Yeah. Devontae Adams sucked. AJ Brown, average. TJ Hawkinson, one of the best tight ends in football. T. Higgins, dog. Robbie Anderson, dog. Greg Zerline, horrid. He's <laughs> a still got nine points. Yeah, he's a kicker. And and then I just start whatever D's playing the Jets. Ooh. I'm yeah. a streamer. Yeah. My bench blows. My team's okay. Yeah. I know. I think I have the best team. Shout out Colby Olsen. I think his team is really good too. And Jake Graziano just beat me. So, yeah. All right, man. That's all I got for you, man. You have fun. Yeah, I had fun. Me too. Uh, I'm going to try and leave you nothing to say. You ready? Okay. He is at Peter Apple 23 on Twitter. I'm Jack underscore McMullen 11 on Twitter. We are at just baseball fans on TikTok and Instagram, twitch.tv slash just baseball. We are at just BB media on Twitter. We also have a discord. Uh, find us there at just baseball. We also uh, would appreciate a five-star review and liking and subscribing to the podcast, wherever it may be, Apple pods, Spotify, whatever. Thank you, everybody. You can also watch us on YouTube. Thank you, everybody. (laughs) Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.